0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
0: Welcome to the Paranormal Stakeout Radio TV show with Larry Lawson. As a former career law enforcement officer and law enforcement educator, Larry focuses on the use of tried-and-true law enforcement investigative techniques in conducting paranormal investigations. Despite his experience and training, Larry also keeps an open mind to discussions on topics that deal with evidence, that are not quite as physical in nature. Paranormal stakeout guests are professionals in the field of the paranormal and parapsychology, conducting the investigations and research needed to further the cause of paranormal study. Larry advocates an agenda of standardization of structure and training in the field of paranormal investigation and research for the purpose of one day being able to produce the evidence needed to convince a jury of the existence of the paranormal. Whether it is ghosts, UFOs, unsolved mysteries, hauntings or cryptids, no topic is beyond the investigative reach of Larry Lawson and the Paranormal Stakeout Radio TV Show team. Now, here is the host of the Paranormal Stakeout Radio TV Show, Larry Lawson.
2: And
1: good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Paranormal Stakeout. I'm your host, Larry Lawson, coming to you from the headquarters of the Florida Bureau of Paranormal Investigation and Indian River Hauntings in beautiful Vero Beach, Florida. And I'm uh, wishing everybody out there happy holidays. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and you're going to have a great new year. Make it positive. Think positive because there's just way too much negativity in the world. Uh, If you'd like to find out a little bit more about me and my team, you can check us out at paranormalfbi.com or indianriverhauntings.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel at Indian River Hauntings 2341. You can uh, email me here at Paranormal Stakeout on the X-Zone radio and TV broadcast network by going to Ghost Guy at paranormalstakeout.org. And if you do that, send me some questions your thoughts and comments i would love to bring them up at the beginning of uh, each show so uh send me a note say hi if nothing else and uh, we'll introduce you on the show uh, you know we we have a lot of interesting guests in the show and at times i just like to get back to the uh, the homegrown stuff and that's what we're going to do tonight some of the folks that are in the field doing doing the legwork when it comes to paranormal research and investigation Tonight, I have uh, Ron and Liz Reed. They own, uh, own they operate and uh, head up Paranormal Society of Bradenton in Bradenton, Florida. That's on the other side of the state for me. Uh, Ron grew up in Indiana and has had many childhood experiences involving the paranormal. Liz grew up in Minnesota, and she herself lived in a haunted house. And about 14 years ago, they decided to... Uh, expand their horizons and begin investigating uh the paranormal and form their own team paranormal society of bradenton uh liz is also a staff writer for uh bradenton uh, magazine uh in bradenton florida she is the author of haunted manatee and uh, that's uh, talking about the haunts in manatee county florida She also runs the Downtown Bradenton Ghost Walk and Bradenton Beach Ghost Walk. So with that, I'd like to introduce my guests to you, Ron and Liz Reed. Welcome to the show, guys.
2: Hi. Hello.
1: (laughs) Glad glad to have you on. Uh, We're going to like to start off with uh, you, Liz, ladies first. Tell us a a little bit about how you became involved in the field, uh, became interested in the paranormal, and began investigating. How did you get there? from a haunted house in minnesota
2: it started when i was six and we moved into the house that we lived in and Mm -hmm. every night i would have a male presence right there i could always couldn't see him but i could always feel him and eventually he ended up sitting on my bed every night you could actually see the indentation and you couldn't move your legs and then Mm -hmm. one night he made an appearance and i saw who he was and I did some research as I got older and found out he was the owner of the house that built it. His wife had died and then he committed suicide because he oh. wanted to be with her. Um, so as you know, I always, always had a fascination for cemeteries and i always go there and read books and have my quiet time there. But the more mm-hmm. I got, the more I just got, you know, what happens to you after death? So the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to do some you know, investigating on my own to do things, just find out what people were saying is true or not. You know, I wanted my own opinion. So that's did what's you funny. do?
1: Did you investigate it all uh, prior to uh, getting married to Ron, or
2: did you just, guys just a little bit on that house that we lived in? That's pretty okay. much it. Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh, Ron, tell us how you became interested in the field.
3: Uh, it started when I was young. I, I would say, you know, six, seven. I had my first experience, and but my most re, one that I remember is walking from the back of my house to my mom and dad's business, which was down the alley a little ways. And uh, I passed this house, and I knew it was empty. And I looked through the window, and my dog was with me too. And there was someone in the basement, and they were scrubbing. Back then, they had scrub boards, you know, in mm-hmm. a sink. And they were doing that. And I, I knew it was empty, but I ran around. I went to the basement door, opened it up, and there was nobody there. That was my oh, first. And I had a lot of experiences like that. They were just short, you know, one-time things. How old were you when this, this first incident happened? That I was, I was actually seven then, maybe eight. The seven, very first old. incident is when I was very young. Mm-hmm. And that was a... Uh, uh, I got a I had a play telephone and it rang. I picked it up and there was somebody on it and it was my dad and my dad had just died and he told me to go outside and I did. And my dog followed with me and uh, he, he took care of me, you know, my dog did and my brothers and sisters, I was the youngest. They all came and got me and brought me back into the house. Wow. That's
1: pretty significant. So you you were young when your father, past. That's yeah, that's I was a significant, yeah. Yeah, it's a significant experience. So uh I know Liz is a writer. What do you do? Uh me?
3: Uh, I'm retired yeah. and I'm retired and I hunt ghosts. <laughs> oh there you go. What did you do before you retired? Uh I worked at uh a steel mill, US steel. Oh, it's now okay. USX in in Chicago, South Chicago and Gary, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Well so 14
1: years ago, you, you guys decided you wanted to kind of solidify what you were doing uh, and you formed a team. Tell Tell me about your team.
2: Well, we have um, five active team members besides ourselves. And then we have other team members that can come in and out when the, you know they're available. Um, we are like a little family. We try to make it a little family. Um, each of us has a specialty. Um, our tech guy is, Perfect, and you know, the analyzing and debunking things. We have somebody that's a sensitive that does seances for us. He's real good. We have two that um, lead investigators that are really good, and then there's Ron and I. <laughs> yeah.
3: it, it used to be just me and her, but yeah. then other people really wanted to get into it, and we went through a lot of people. The team we have now we've had for several years. Yeah. Mm-hmm so
1: ron do you have a specialty yourself or an area that you uh, investigate specifically
3: yourself or I of take, interest in i i take care of the equipment all the mm-hmm. equipment's at our house i take care of it i i uh help set it up i um, i may i stay at the base you know and watch the monitors uh i do have a disability now so liz and my team are the investigators I just do the monitoring and uh, letting them know what I see if I see something.
1: And you do the heavy lifting. I got I got yeah, you. Yeah, I don't do any of the
2: heavy lifting.
1: <laughs> so, Liz, do you have a specialty yourself that uh, you add to the team?
2: Yeah, I can feel the spirits when I walk into place, and sometimes I hear them. Yeah. Okay, and so you're, se- you're sensitive. Yeah, and when um, James, our seance guy, and I get together, you have to watch out because – him and I can stare at a, a REM pod and actually lift the REM pod up or move it back and forth to each other. you yeah. actually physically lifted the REM pod to each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Off the wow. ground, about, about a half an inch off the ground. And then at that, after that, then we just, I'd look at it and he'd look at it and we'd stare at it and we'd just go back and forth. Like I'd send it to him. He'd send it back. Have you ever caught any of that on camera. No, our camera guy screwed up that night, uh, (laughs) big time. I was so upset.
3: Uh, Somebody actually walked in front of the camera, the first, the 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 stationary camera. Someone was standing in front of it. The camera guy, because we have another camera that we use, you know, uh, uh, night vision camera. He forgot to turn on the IR light, Mm. so there was you really didn't see nothing because it was dark.
1: Well, and that's the way it always seems to go things happen when they occur have you ever get, have you ever wanted to recreate that that would be a very oh, yeah. amazing experiment yeah so, yeah. so
3: when, when those two get together it happens all the time with yeah. different items yeah you know mm,
2: uh, yeah yeah we like we, yeah and I like to be doing things like that together it's, it's uh, kind of cool to see what we can do you know
1: well, I think that that says a lot about uh, one of the theories that I work with, and that's the power of the human mind. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been so many experiments and things that have happened. Uri Geller. I don't know if you remember Uri Geller. He used to back in the 70s, he was famous for bending spoons and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, the power of the mind uh, is still is still un, not researched enough, and we don't know what it can do. I would really encourage you. To uh, set up a specific investigation, or, or during an investigation, actually film that because I think that would be very powerful for the world to see. Oh
0: yeah,
2: uh, yeah. yeah. So, We've been trying to so, catch it. Yeah, you should, you should see the video of the séance we did at our house here yeah, <laughs> with him. The door actually closed. Actually, he asked the good spirits to come and the bad spirits to leave, and mm. our garage door going to the into the garage from our porch opened up when he asked him to come in and slam shut when he asked him to leave. Uh, did you, you got that on film? The, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's on our Facebook page. And
1: yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. What about the backgrounds of the rest of your team? Do they have, um, I mean, I've got a lot of, of public safety folks on my, my team, for example.
2: What kind of folks uh, are on your team? What are their backgrounds? Well, our researcher, um, that she does no investigating. She just does research. She's retired from the FBI. Um, um, Jim, this, the, the the gentleman that's so sensitive, he's um, worked with the CIA and helping solve murders and things like that. And um, he's work just you know different things he's done with them. And then um, Pam and and uh, Jamie. You know, they just are normal, you know, everyday job type things. investigators, yeah. <laughs> <You investigative, know? laughs> and Brandon, yeah. our tech guy, is um, a marine biologist. So he's got a science background. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's always helpful. Now, your FBI person, were they a special agent? Were they an investigator?
2: Or were they a she support She never will person? tell us. Yeah. She just says, I cannot do anything on Facebook or anything like that. And I've seen a lot of things that have been horrible in my life.
1: Interesting, interesting. And the, the CIA person helping solve murders, I find that interesting too. He, 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 do that,
3: he does right? also remote viewing. He was, okay. in two wo- he was in two wars. He was in Iraq and Iran with the CIA as a uh, airborne mm-hmm. uh, ranger. And okay. uh, yeah, and he's retired. He's, you know, he's my age. He's re- oops, Sorry. He's retired. Yeah.
1: Well, very interesting. So you've got, you've got an interesting mix of folks and, you know, it's, it's nice to have a group that actually can come together and and stay together. I know that I've, my team, the team I have right now has been together for a number of years and and that certainly is helpful. Well, uh, believe it or not, folks, in this time, this Stuff goes quickly. We're about ready to come up on our first break. So when we come back, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your goals and your purpose, what you're trying to do as investigators. So uh, think about that. And, folks, stay with us. Uh, we're about ready to take our first break, but stay with us. We'll be back right after these messages with Liz and Ron Reed from uh, Paranormal Society of Bradenton, Florida. So we'll be back right after these messages, folks. We are back on Paranormal Stakeout with my guests tonight, Liz and Ron Uh Liz and Ron lead. Reed, Reed. <laughs> bring bring forth there. Sorry about that. Um right. so tell me folks, why do you do this? What what is your goal? What is your purpose? What is your end game in doing what you do? Well,
2: I love history. And whenever yeah. I look in history, there's always some story, some legend, something. So it leads me to something. You know, so I just keep that's, I guess that's why I do my writing is because it just keeps going with me. But I just like to just find out what really happens to us. That's all I really, you know, want to know. I want to see, prove it to myself, you know, that there is life after death. You know, we're all made of energy. So where does the energy go to? And that's, you know, what I'm trying to do with mine. And I just want people to understand that we're not crazy. You know, some, you know, some people do think we're crazy. I'm crazy, uh, but yeah. well, I mean, yeah, we're all crazy in this world, but I mean, as far as being a lunatic running around, you know, and stuff like that, we do this, you know, and we're very serious about it. Yeah.
1: Well, Liz, you, you mentioned history there. And of course that's <laughs> an important issue with me other, uh, also, how do you see history connecting with your paranormal work? How do they, how do they work together in your opinion?
2: Well, like when I'm doing um, research, the just the preliminary stuff, I'll go. I go back to as far as I can, um, and see what I can find. And I just want to know what happened on that property or that house, or you know, ages ago. It could have been, you know, from the 1500s. Something could have happened, and then it's being made, you know, active now today for some reason. And it just kind of brings the stories together for me. Okay. okay.
1: Ron, how about you? What's, what's your goal here? What's your purpose for doing this?
3: My my purpose is like hers, but I, I like evidence, you know, so that's where the science comes in. You mm-hmm. know, the meters, the tape recorders, the cameras, uh, you know, the digital recorders and digital meters. Uh, if you can get them to all correlate to me, I have something. Okay. You know, if they're all times because all of our equipment basically has SIM cards, you know, and put them in a computer, and we know exactly when this happened, that happened, and, you know,
1: yeah. yeah. I use the, the EDI Plus. Do you use that piece of equipment at all? Mm-hmm. The EDI Plus? It, 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 I use it for, for exactly what you described. Now, you, you mentioned evidence, though, and the importance of it. What do you do with that evidence once you get it, when you, you've Picked it up during an investigation, you've examined it. What do you well, do with it
3: then? If it's a homeowner, we mm-hmm. we we take it to them, you know, a few weeks after, uh, mm-hmm. after we go through everything and we explain to them what we found or what we didn't find. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's some cases we don't find anything, and there's some cases we find high EMFs. And uh I, I did a case not too long ago where it was all high emfs it was a veteran he had a nice little uh studio condo and he was going crazy and they were going to put him on pills and what, what was he seeing? what was he experiencing the bottom of his bed sheets looked like there was an animal underneath it his clothes mm-hmm. would sway back and forth in the closet he could see all this from his bed it's a little studio and when he mm-hmm. looked into the bathroom he asked clothes hanging and he could see the clothes in the wall like a wave. And his TV went
1: off and on. Yeah, yeah. And okay. yeah. the TV so, off and on. So you investigated, you found a high amount of EMFs in there, what did, what did you end up determining happened?
3: Uh, well, the headboard was, you know, 40 EMFs, very high, where his head was laying and mm. there was an outlet down below I took the outlet cover off, I looked at it, and I said, oh my God, this wiring is as old as the building. And the building was built in the 20s. Oh my. Yeah, one of the yeah. oldest condos still on the Burlington River. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, but the condo agreed to fix the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. So there- so, But what, what was your conclusion? What was your conclusion on that case? Because I think that's my very important. My conclusion
3: was he, he was hallucinating. He was hallucinating. I kept the camera on him all night mm-hmm. until the next morning. I told him just hit the button, shut it off, and he said he saw his bed sheets—you know, the bottom of them—moving. And I said, "There's nothing on camera." And I said, "You're hallucinating."
1: Well, for folks, for folks that aren't haven't done a lot of investigating, mm-hmm. explain how those high EMF readings affected what he was seeing.
3: That that. The high EMFs, you can look it up, you can Google it. It it has a number of effects, and hallucinating is one of them. It messes with your mind. Uh, You know, just like these big towers they're putting up everywhere, and they say, be careful. You know, these 5G towers or what have you. Uh, If you don't live near them, you know, they say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's... he was living
1: in a fear cage. Basically, the EMFs are causing him to hallucinate. It's been proven yes. that yes. that high readings will create people. They'll feel yeah. paranoid. They'll see things. They'll like experience things. Headaches. So yeah, that get, is.
2: I get the headaches when I'm in yeah. my EMF area. Yeah.
1: But see, I think that is a, a great example of how your work has actually helped some. Mm-hmm. You, you, he understood what you explained it to him. He's very he's a very
3: smart gentleman, you know, he's a vet, he's comfortable where he lives. He was actually relieved. He yeah, he was relieved, you know, and once he it, it's been a, about 3 months, but I, I'm sure they started working on the problems because they said that he did they did something to the outlets and they were going to do something with this one wall that were was 137. And Ooh. I traced that wire with my digital all the way back to the fuse box. But the, the important
1: the important point here, I think, is you debunked it, you solved this problems, and it was nothing to do with the paranormal. And yep. I think that that whole issue gets forgotten about sometimes by teams nice. that are so interested in finding something that they don't look at the obvious. Natural or man-made causes. So, uh, you know, I mm-hmm. applaud you for that. Yeah. Um, but what do you do with your evidence? Just so you've collected the evidence on a case, whether you've gotten something or you haven't gotten something, do you keep the evidence? Do you maintain it? Do you compare it with other cases at all?
2: We we keep the evidence. We give a copy of the evidence to either the homeowner or the business or whoever, whatever place we even if it's a public place, we still mm-hmm. give them a copy of it. And we always compare, like, oh, wait a minute, That's, this looks familiar, and we'll go back and look through to see if it's happened to us before. Yeah.
1: So do you, you stored it on your computers, or uh, keep it? Yeah, in your we computer? have a backup. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay.
3: yeah. and and we we always get permission. Yeah. You know, we never we never go into a place without getting permission. Yeah, they
2: have to sign a release for it. Uh, let yeah. us put it on.
3: So, what do you tell folks that you can do for
1: them?
2: Tried, when they
1: when they 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 come to you and they say I've got a problem like the the, the referral yeah. I gave to you I've got a problem can you help me what do you tell them you can or you cannot do for them
2: Well usually I talk to them and um, find out what's going on and we'll get with them and see have them walk us through the house and see where the hot spots are at the same time we're carrying the EMF meter to see if there's any high. Re- readings so we know where the high spots are. And so we do that, we talk to them and then we'll say we can do an investigation to find out if there is something here and who it might be. Um, We can offer to do a cleansing after or before if you don't want the investigation. But if it's something that's out of our realm of doing anything, We bring in a shaman and he works with the house and the people and does whatever he can to get rid of it okay Uh, do you do the cleansings yourself yes
3: yeah we'll do yeah yeah.
1: how do you where did you get the training to do that because a lot of folks a lot of
2: folks do it but they've watched it on youtube
1: yeah and that that worries me a little bit no i
2: get well i was trained by somebody that's a wiccan Okay. So, so she, And she's actually one of our team members. So, yeah. Her, and her, you know, it runs in her family for generations. So, she, you know, her and I usually do it together when we do a cleansing.
1: On, okay. Interesting. Um, Liz, you were talking about the history in the houses before and, and, and finding out what happened on the land. How often do you think that the uh, manifestations? C- we'll just assume at this point you, you've you not been able to debunk them. How often do you find that the issues are with the land and not the structure itself?
2: Mm, maybe half and half. Depending on where we're yeah. at. I mean, if it's okay. out in the country, yeah, like we've done some out in the country, and um, that definitely was land because there was an Indian burial ground and they built the house on top of it. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that was definitely, you know, things like that. Um, it's harder when you get into cities unless you can really get some background research on what happened around there. Mm-hmm. But we try to do our best to, you know, like I said, I have the uh, the woman that, you know, worked for the FBI. She does a mile radius research for, you know, as far back as she could go. Yep. And so we have Good something search. to go with, you know, and we try to keep it to ourselves or I I don't even tell Ron half the time what the report, and I don't even always read the report. I just wait till we get done and compare what her report is to what we found and to see if anything matches up.
1: Do you ever, Ron, I'll ask you this question, do you guys ever share with your teammates what activities going on in the house or do you share with them anything about the history of the house, like uh, who owned it, uh, when it was built, things like that? Do you share that?
3: Uh, Brandon and Jamie, yes. But Jim and Pam, no, because they're the real, Jim's the real sensitive. We don't tell him anything. And we don't, he doesn't come on all of our investigations. No. Why why don't you tell him? Because I want to see. I want to compare. Mm
2: -hmm. He doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to know. He wants to be able to walk into a place and, like we say, cold turkey. and. Not know a thing about the place and see what he picks up to see if it matches up with the history of of the place. It kind of goes with like using the equipment, you know, like we have Mm -hmm. a tape recorder, we have the video camera and we have two K2s all on one bar. So if, if we catch something on the video camera, we might catch it on the tape recorder, you know, so it gives you backup. And that's what he likes to do is just to be able to back up what the history says by what he picks up on his own Mm -hmm. without knowing anything.
1: Now, when he goes through, does he stop and say oh i see somebody in that corner oh i feel somebody up there uh on the stairwell or does he keep it to himself
2: and just maybe tell you he goes he, he goes through we let him go through by himself yeah, first yeah
3: he goes off by himself
2: and he walk does a walk through then he comes back and gets me and says liz come with me you know and i go with him and he says well, Do you pick anything up. you feel anything you know okay. and that's
1: what well, would we're about to take our next break. This, the hour's going quick, so folks, stay with us. we got more to talk about on Paranormal Stakeout with my guest tonight, Ron and Liz Reed. So stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back. And uh, my guests, Ron and Liz Reed, interesting conversation. I, I do want to go back to um, our last conversation just for a quick second here. Mm-hmm. Mediums, the, the, the medium, the sensitive that you use, mm-hmm. how do you think he does it? How, do you have a theory or, or a thought on how they're able to do it?
3: Jim, I think, has been trained through mm-hmm. everything that he's been through. I, that's what he did. Uh, in his, he was the remote viewer. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, and I, he, I, and, he's a very quiet guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like the lady who does our research, he's not on Facebook. He's not any, anything else. He's not supposed to be he found us on our page and just said i was brought to you (laughs) and that's how we met him
1: okay well there's once again we were talking about the power of the mind earlier in the show the remote viewing angle is incredibly interesting to me because it's not like that's just uh somebody came up with that idea there's actually Studies have been done. It heck, our government has done it for uh, for yeah. generations, yeah. decades rather. Yeah. So it, interesting, nonetheless. I, I had a problem with mediums early on. There's a, a gentleman, particularly that I work with a lot, uh, that has kind of really changed my view on mediums, and it has also intrigued me and made me more interested in what the power of the brain can do. Yeah, and so that that's all that's fascinating. But let's uh, let's head down another little path here i'm i'm interested in what you think where you think the uh world of paranormal research and investigation are heading where are we at where are we going what are some of the pitfalls you see out there waiting for us
2: the tv shows are the pitfalls yeah tv shows it's nothing like what Uh, what That's
3: true like 13 years ago when or 14 almost now when liz and i started uh there wasn't too many people that were into this. Mm-hmm. Now you can buy everything on Amazon. You can buy everything on you know, eBay. Uh, yeah. Everybody's got a piece of equipment. They even bring it to Liz's Ghost Walk.
1: How often do you think these people really understand the theories behind these pieces of equipment and how they actually work? How often do you Not think they actually often.
2: know? Not very often. Not very no, often. I have to... I had a 12-year-old the other night um that for Christmas he got the ghost walk and he got equipment. He got a spirit box, he got a REM pod, he got a tape recorder, he got a K2. Now that's a lot of equipment for a 12 year old. It's a lot of equipment for More us. money. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And mm. he did not he did not know how to do anything with it. He just opened it up that day, was playing around with it. So we played with it a little, little bit, but I told his parents, I want him to know how to use this correctly. So would you mind if some of our team members and I come over, take them to, they live up close to a, a cemetery and just take him in there during the day with you and show him how the equipment works so that he understands it and can operate it correctly, you know, and not get excited, you know, about something that, may be there and may not be there, you know. Or I, I just I just want them to understand how it actually does work. You know Ron, go ahead. Uh, go and, ahead Ron. you know,
3: another thing, you know, several times a year we give lectures at the local libraries and we get like 35 people every every night we're there. Mm-hmm. You know, and they want to know how to use the equipment. They they want they want to know more about it. So there's a whole lot of people getting into this.
1: Yeah. Well, then, then what do we do to solve this issue? Now, I have a particular theory. There, there's, there's some of us, and and either, all, all sides of it are fine. But there are some people that just want to do it for the thrill of the moment, and there are other folks that uh, want to do it for the value of the research of trying to find the answers. Yeah. So how do we get folks to understand? First of all, what side of the fence they're on and how seriously they need to take the equipment? The training, that's the, the
2: basic word. How do we get folks trained? Well, well, we take them, tra- we train people. Yeah, We, we, we don't, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go through three months of training before we'll even think about allowing you to be working with our team because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that if we're on an investigation, and i hand you a piece of equipment because i've got something going on i want you to know how to use that piece of equipment mm-hmm. if you're trained you don't know how to do that you know and i want them to understand that you don't whisper when you're doing investigations you know things like that my main, my main thing is is please don't ever take a tape recorder to the bathroom and leave it recording we had that happen twice Yes. <laughs> you know, so you know right. so I just well, want to really, you know, really think about what they're doing and learn the equipment before we can say, okay, you're going to work with our team Mm -hmm. or, you know, a lot of people think it's just, you go out there, you do something and that's it. Right. Well,
1: how do you, how did you train them on the philosophies and the theories behind the equipment? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. For example, the spirit box, why that's supposed to work and
2: what, okay. Yeah, we do our,
3: our, our first our first part is when we have a meeting and they'll come and I'll have all the equipment out and I'll show them this is what you have to learn mm-hmm. from the tripods to the cords going to the DVR to the cameras you got to know everything not where are they you got to know what box they're in you know that's they got to have a a focused mind when you do an investigation. Well, uh,
1: I'll ask this question of you, Ron. We're really kind of using the same equipment we've been for the last 15, 20 years. The Mm -hmm. equipment is all pretty much the same. What's it going to take to get to the next level? Now, I firmly believe that there can be a next level. I mean, people back in the uh, 18th century never thought we'd go to the moon because we didn't have the knowledge and the technology then. Well, now we do. Mm
2: Right.
1: So, I think there's the possibility exists to, to evolve, but how are we going to do that? And what's it going to take to get to the next level? We're using the same equipment that we used 15 years ago.
3: I know and it's just different these, styles. There's so many different, different styles. Of pods. There's, yeah. yeah, it's all different styles.
1: Well, if, if you had, let me ask you this question then if you had uh, the ability to, to create a piece of equipment.
3: Mm-hmm
1: to uh, prove or disprove a particular theory in the field what would you pick what would you develop
3: something with a voice voice box or digital recorder to pick them up yeah
1: yeah because nobody really knows how those voices get there right yeah yeah okay yeah
2: and you can always catch something on camera and you know people will say oh that's photoshopped you know yeah Well, that
1: is a problem today, isn't it? Because people have gotten so good with that, and it's getting harder and harder. Uh, Now we've got AI becoming a a part of everything. Mm -hmm. How long is it going to be before nothing is being able to prove, be able to prove, be proved or disproved? I
2: know.
1: Uh, And I I think that is a huge concern, which leads me down the next road. There's a lot of folks out there, and I, I personally have a bugaboo with folks that say they can do something and they can't. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they think they can do something that they really aren't able to. Maybe their hearts are in the right place, but they really aren't trained, or they're just charlatans.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you folks experienced fo- uh, individuals in the field that have gone out and have tried to um, pull the wool over people's eyes?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: We, yeah.
3: we even had had him in our group. We've been through so many members, you know, the thirteen years until just a couple years ago, and we really liked this group. You know, they just, they were out of this world, you know. Well,
2: yeah. we, you, you've you got rules you have to go by, but I mean, out there, as we've had some groups we've, you know, because I love working with other groups because we mm-hmm. each can learn something from each other. There's always well, a so. technique that you do that we don't. And the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, that we do. And, you don't. Know, so we can always learn something. But there are a couple of groups out there that we've had issues with. Um, One actually, in particular, actually told us the name of the group and everything. And it turned out they stole the name and, you know, it caused us issues, but we had nothing to do. We didn't know it, you know, but then then there's the ones that say, oh yeah, you know, I'm sensitive. I can come in. I can do anything. I found that if you have to walk up to me immediately, come out of your mouth and say, I'm sensitive. I want to work with your group. I kind of back off because I find that most people that are truly are sensitive do not walk up to you right off the bat and say that they kind of keep it back. I don't mm-hmm. tell anybody, you mm-hmm. know, when I go to a place, I do not tell them anything. I don't say anything. I don't let anybody, you know, let anybody know who's sensitive in the group, who's what, you know. And I just, I find that people, I don't know, some, some want to be on TV for this, you know, so they call us, you know, for different investigations, and some, you know, just get a little crazy when they do their investigating, you know. And and, mm-hmm. and like I said before, it's not like TV at all, you know. I, I've sat many a nights for hours,
3: nothing going on.
1: <laughs> well, and 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 that's a, an analogy I use. Uh, paranormal investigations are like a police stakeout, and that's something I can actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, discuss intelligently, and most <laughs> of time right the time they're boring, boring, boring. Yeah, yeah. boring, boring, boring. Yeah. Um, have do you guys charge for your investigations? No, 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 not even. What a are business? your? Okay, what are your philosophies on that? Why don't you charge? Because that that seems to be a a new thing that's starting to crop up among
2: some groups. Yeah, so I see that that some people are charging. I always felt that if you were a true paranormal group, you didn't charge because you were out there trying to help the people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a job. It's uh, something to help, you know, somebody. You know, and it, I don't, you know, I wouldn't charge somebody for that. So that's our philosophy is we are there to help them, not to make money. You
3: know. And you know, we're there for the science. Yeah. You, you know, know it's just especially Brandon. Brandon is really big on science.
2: Yeah. So, and, and, I just I don't yep. just don't believe in charging for something like that. Now they can donate if they want, but no, we don't charge at all. No. you encourage donations. We just tell them that if you want and you can afford to, you can do donate. You don't we don't force you to. We you know you don't. You know, most people are you know, at least a little bit generous, you know, because they know we have to buy the equipment and batteries of course batteries <laughs> we go through a lot of batteries, batteries.
1: oh i'll tell you those and it's getting more expensive all the time for that
0: <laughs> uh, i'm
1: of the belief that any any investigative team worth their salt for the reasons you've described would never charge uh, for an investigation mm-hmm. so yeah. i uh, so what is the can you, very briefly in about 30 seconds the most egregious thing you've seen happen out there involving teams Without using any names, of course.
3: Des- des- desecrating
1: <laughs> cemeteries. Yeah,
3: desecrating.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. Des-
3: desecrating okay. Desecrating cemeteries and going into places without permission.
1: Yeah, don't do that, folks. Always get permission. Trespassing is a crime. Well, we're about ready to take our last break, folks. And when we get back, Liz, want to hear about your book, and I want to hear about the ghost walks in Bradenton. So, folks, stay with us as we find out about. The ghosts of Radenton. Be back after these messages. And welcome back, folks. My guest tonight, Ron and Liz Reed. Uh, want to tell you a couple things before we get on with the show. Check me out again at uh at IndianRiverHauntings.com or paranormalfbi.com. If you want to check out all my other shows, go to paranormalstakeout.org. If you want to send me a note, ghost guy at You can get a hold of me there. Uh also check out our youtube at indian river hauntings two three four one but you guys are watching this show for a reason you're watching it because you're interested in what's going on in this world and all the things that uh, can't be explained if you want to see more terrific broadcasts more shows in this go to exone radio and tv.com to look at all the terrific uh, programming that's there uh you will not be disappointed so i encourage you to go ahead and do that um getting back to uh, us uh How can we find you guys? Uh, Ron, how can we find your team? Uh, You can
3: find us at uh, uh, Paranormal Society of Bradenton uh, or PSOBFL
2: at Okay. Let gmail.com. Me- <laughs> you asked the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. She- <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I was trying to get him in, in on it too. Yeah. It's a at gmail.com. If you want right. to check out the, but Liz, you're a writer and, uh, you've written a book, uh, involving, uh, or about the, the area that you're in Manatee, Florida, mm-hmm. Manatee County, Florida. Uh, tell us about the book.
2: Well, I was contacted about writing and I just started doing research. And that's how I ended up getting to the ghost walk too, was I was working with the history library for the book. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool, you know. And once I started researching, and then I went all the way around asking stories and all that and just gathered them up. And then there's some of our, from our investigations that are in there too. You know, but yeah, I just, look through the history. So, so
1: in your book, tell us about some of the more compelling stories in Bradenton, Florida. And for those folks that don't know where Bradenton is, where, where is it located in, on the hour South of Tampa. Okay. Uh, so it'd be the West coast of Florida on the Gulf of Mexico. Yep. Mm-hmm. So right. tell us, tell us some, some good stories out of the book. About
2: well, there's, um, a lot of them, that, let's see, which one
3: was it? The Hampton
2: Inn? The, yeah, the Hampton Inn, um, it's a hotel that's downtown. It doesn't like to be known that it's haunted, but everybody knows it's haunted. There are some, I could stand there all night and talk about the place. It's got that many ghost stories. I mean, there's a lady in white that haunts the fourth and seventh floor. There's a little girl that they actually call Annabelle as a joke. Um, that it messes with the building and she's been there since the, the building was built and that was in 25 and it's been um, a nursing home at one point point. and then there's they had issues um, there's always they can always hear a band up on the very top of the building playing and people laughing and partying well that doesn't go on nowadays and even when it was a retirement home it didn't go on it only went when it was prohibition during the ho- at the hotel time during the twenties. So that still goes on today, you know, and the little girl likes to mess with you when you're in the elevator, you know, she'll open and close the doors and won't let you go to different areas. There's a gentleman that walks in the lobby at two, four, and six AM jingling keys and whistling. There's just a whole lot of things that happen in that building. Yeah. And so you'd recommend that hotel for anybody oh visitor, yeah. yeah and i always home? tell everybody you go you call me i'll bring the equipment yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: um so all the stories there what's your favorite story in
2: in the book if in you can share
3: that with them. yeah um yeah.
2: well yeah we did do um a story about a baker's a husband that had passed away and um clear as a bell on the voice box, she went in the house and brought out a glass and handed it to Ron. And I said, Carl, can you tell us what Ron is holding? And out clear as a bell, it comes out says, it's a glass. It was his rump glass that he had his scotch in every night. Yeah. And that's, and so that was pretty cool that he was telling us that that's, that's his glass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you that, actually got, that was got that in the book oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh, excellent
1: right. excellent so he's, now,
2: he's he was pretty active that night Yeah. You
1: know? so you know in addition to the book obviously you just mentioned the book uh opened the door for you to start doing the walks. let's see it's the downtown bradenton ghost walk and the bradenton
2: beach ghost walk so you mm-hmm. do two of them how often do you do them um i do them when i uh, tuesday through saturday um when anybody calls and buys tickets we go you know okay so it's on demand yeah mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I just did one with the 12 year old the other night, which I had a blast with, you know, and I do not make them scary because um, I like kids to be able to come. And a lot of times I'll have parents, they'll bring their kids and say, you know, and they're always talking about imaginary friends. So I thought this might be fun for them. And I always tell them, don't, don't always think they're imaginary, they might be real, you know? Yeah. That's one solid uh, common
1: theory out there that youngsters whose mind aren't cluttered with the world around us can see a whole lot more than that's we can. Right. So, yep. so yep. why do you do the walks? I know you got interested from, from researching the book, but what's your, your motive
2: for doing well, it? First off um, that helps pay for equipment and batteries. That helps. Raise that's our that's the um, true income of the paranormal yeah, so society. That's, that, so that's why yeah. you know, we don't have to charge or anything, you know, Um, And the other thing is, is I want because on my walk, I give them a K2 to work with in a couple spots and let them communicate with the spirits. I want them to get a taste of what it's really like of what we do um, so that they understand more of how it's done, you know, done on the investigation and things like that. And then I like just to tell them about, you know, the area. There's a lot of people that come. That you know live in Bradenton that don't know a lot of the underground history of Bradenton, so I find it funny when I'm telling them something, and they're like, "What?" You know, I've lived here all my life. <laughs> I didn't, didn't know that. Yeah,
1: there's just some satisfaction of that. I can yeah. I can understand that. Um, mm-hmm.
2: How how often do folks experience things on your tours? Um, the day, usually every night downtown downtown every night. Downtown. Um, the beach one. Um, I have, I'd love to take you on that as being a retired officer, because I have one that is spirit that is, um, she actually was, um, supposedly committed suicide, mm-hmm. but there's so much that's come out that her mother paid for private investigations. Like she has the imprint of a wicker chair on her butt, but how could she hang herself from the shower head? and sit on that chair after she's dead to get that imprint. You know, that's, there's different things. And and it's really amazing because when we get to her spot, I'll tell her, I'll say, Sheena, we're here tonight. You know, I send everything to your mom. And she always tells me to tell you I lo- that she loves you. And sometimes she will take the K2 meter and make it um, go off like a heartbeat instead of just lighting up, it will go off like a heartbeat. And it's really kind of neat. But I mean, I, I told her mom, I said, you know, there is in history that a ghost did solve their own murder. So if this helps, you know, yeah, her mom, I'll, I'll gladly give it to you.
3: You know, her mom lives in Tampa. So yeah. she doesn't come down here too much.
2: She's afraid to go over the bridge. <laughs> oh,
1: so this is a fairly recent murder. This is not an old yeah, historical this one two, at all.
2: 2001, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So how uh, you do them every day? Do you do them all year? And how yeah. often, yeah. Uh, yeah. how often, uh, how many people do you take out a week? I guess is, is a great, since you don't have schedules, how many do you take out a week? And, and have you found the other part of that question is, have you found that it's waxed or waned depending on time of year
2: yeah. or interest? Yeah. School September, end of August, September, forget yeah. it. It's it's quiet because everybody's getting ready for school and stuff like that. So it's quiet. Yeah. And it's quiet at the end of the season for about a month. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. then it picks back up because then the tourists for the summer come in. Um it just depends. Sometimes I can do none and sometimes I can do I've done seventy before in one trip. I won't ever do that again. We <laughs> have a we <laughs> but, have a lot of tourists here. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so the most i take out in one group is 20. Okay. that's downtown because it's the area of walking on the beach um the beach walk i can only take six because it's a very small walk area mm-hmm. and um you have to you know walk through the crowds of the people on the beach you know on the streets and stuff so it's kind of hard to- how, how long are the tours there um i they, i try to keep them to an hour and a half but sometimes when we're really getting a lot of activity, we may just go a little longer. Now, mm-hmm. downtown we just found a hot spot just recently and it, it, we've got like six spirits there talking to us down there. So it, it kind of makes it go just a little bit longer now because we're all excited about we're trying to find out who everybody is, you know and um, you know where they came from. So well how do folks find you find out about the walks? How do they contact you? Um, well, they can Google um, Downtown Bradenton Ghost Walk or they can um, Paranormal Society um, at wordpress.com or they can give me a call at 941 704 And that's, you know, they can book a ghost walk and they can, um, you know, buy tickets online and, you know, just have some fun.
1: And and do people come away with a better understanding
2: of the history of Bradenton? And, and- yeah where it came from? I actually had a gentleman not too long ago that said, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in any of this, but I have nothing else to do. I'm staying at the Hampton Inn and I want something to do. So just, I'm just coming for the history. We did the whole tour, got done, and he said, I'll tell you this right now, I'm no longer a skeptic. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, so I mean, you know, that some come for the history, some come for the ghosts, some come for it all. You know, it just or just to have fun with their friends, you know? It just, mm-hmm. you know, so it's all kind of, I'm sure you know that too, you know, they all come in different ways. <laughs>
1: oh, that, that they do. How does how do the tours help you with your investigations?
2: How do they enhance it? Do they have any effect on it? Um, um. Well, we get more. We get more investigations because people will start saying things like, oh, we went on this ghost walk. You should see, talk to these people about your issue. And then they'll call us you know, they're friends. So we get a lot more. Um, We do find that there are a couple places down there that we have um, one woman that she considers herself a witch, but she's not. She's more of a shaman from back in the day. Um, And she travels around downtown. So we may be stopping at one stop and she'll be there. And then the next stop, she might be there again, or we might be doing an investigation in a building and she might show up there. So it just you know they all kind of wander around you know. Yeah. Well
1: okay. folks if you go to Brad if you go to Bradenton I recommend you you uh, check them out uh, uh, just google Bradenton ghost walks and uh, get a hold of Liz and Ron. Ron did you have something else you wanted to add? Well, you know there's a lot of
3: history here Bradenton was founded in the 1800s so. Yeah there's a, a lot, lot of
1: history in Florida that people just yeah. don't realize and folks unfortunately we're out of time so i want to thank you very much for being with us thank you so much for sharing and folks enjoy the holidays new year is coming uh let's make it a good year let's make it positive pray for peace and be a good example to others to help perpetuate peace and goodwill towards others so i wish you all a happy new year i hope you had a great holiday hug your family give those kids a, a big kiss and until we get together again i'll see you on the other side have a good night folks